pastor and his people. Uh, this is a podcast of the Park Baptist Church to uh, get to know uh, one another better, how we can help uh, serve the Lord together. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, I'm here with the lovely Mrs. Hope Huddleston. Hope, how are you doing today? I'm fine. It's a little like being called to the principal's office, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Well, we, we absolutely adore you here at, at, at Park Baptist uh, Church, uh, Hope, and uh, this podcast really kind of want to get to know you, kind of hear, hear a little bit more of your, of your testimony, your story, what the Lord's done in your life. And, you know, like you said, 70 years is a lot, 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 lot to share. But why don't you just kind of just generally just tell us um, your, your faith background and just maybe you have a little bit more of a kind of a unique story in terms of your upbringing. Why don't you kind of start there? Well, I was born in Buffalo, New York, and I do not know my birth parents. I was adopted. And... Um, the parents that adopted me, that they were wonderful, and my father died when I was four, I think, and so my mother, in a year or so, remarried, and I think I always carried a little guilt that she remarried just so I'd have a dad, mm. because it was evident that she never got over her first husband, yeah. and um, I was raised going to church, Christian, godly godparents, I mean grandparents. My grandfather was the most meaningful person in my life, and um, he really set the stage and probably filled the father role. But then when my mother remarried, so I'd have a father again, she never was quite happy. Okay. She never got over her first husband. Yeah. And when I was almost 16, she took her life, mm-hmm. which was devastating because it wasn't the heavenly loving father that I had come to believe was there. And so I never denied God, but I was very angry. I was very angry at him and um, not slowly even drifted away, got into the wrong crowds, did the wrong things, and um, just walked away from my faith. Of course, I came under great conviction any time I heard a Billy Graham crusade or even drove by a church, yeah. but I was still angry. But it it caused me to waste 10 years of my life, which I look at these college kids now, and I'm so blown away because that was the time of my life when I should have been getting stronger and growing, yeah. and um, instead I, I floundered. And... Uh, that was devastating. Well, how did the, uh, I, I know that when something like that traumatic happens to you, especially when you're 16, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I mean, how did you, do you still deal with it today or and kind of process it? Or is it, you know, you know, I mean, just how, how have you just kind of dealt with that kind of through your life? There are so many aspects. I never denied God. I just ran from him. And there were times that I knew he was, he was after me, but I was still angry. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, any specific things that, you know, I just made a lot of wrong choices and kept going in the wrong direction until the hound of heaven stopped me. Well, how did that happen? How did, how did the Lord pursue you? Well, he never, he was always pursuing you, but how did, how did that, what was the, what was the moment, the circumstances that brought you, you know, to conversion? You know, there were conversion? several times that I made deals. Okay, I'm coming back. You know, okay, um, whatever. But then the devil was right behind, and he would always 
bring something into my life, bring something that would cause me to continue my wrong direction. And um, that's the Fiddler on the Roof story um, caused me to just stop. I got under such conviction just having to listen about God. Well, to, well, share the story. Share the Fiddler on the, on the Roof story. People may not know that. Well, I was going with a guy, and we went on a Labor Day afternoon, and I had no idea what really what I was in for. And we sat there, and by the time that movie was over, I was a wreck. I just was confronted with so much during that movie that I knew I was going in the wrong direction. I knew I didn't want any part of the life that I was in. So we went home and we went back to my apartment and sat at the kitchen table. And I said, I can't explain it, but I I just don't want to go out anymore. And I mean, there were friends that thought we were probably, you know. And then someone put the late great planet Earth which is a book that I think had a lot to do with a lot of people during the 70s, you know, the Jesus movement. And I just started to become a recluse. And I would read, watch the news, read. These were, And all these things were coming back to me, things that I'd learned as a child. And the truth of the word was just um, making a devastating effect in my life. Um, And then I also went to about six funerals in about 18 months hmm. that just, you know, and the Lord said, it was like he's saying, are you ready? Are you ready? And finally, it was July 4th, 1974, and I crumbled, fell asleep on my bed crying that night, just giving it up, thinking that if I could just live for him, I didn't need anything else. And I didn't know all that entailed. But when I woke up the next morning and I felt so, I know it's the cliche, but the burden was lifted Mm. and I was at such peace and all of a sudden I had to go to Israel. And I guess that was the hook that the Lord had put in my life um, after reading and all the things that were going on at that time, you know, the the six day war and getting Jerusalem back. And so I started listening. I signed up on about three different trips and none of them worked out. And one morning, as I was watching Dr. Falwell, he said, well, it's time for our trip to Israel. And I just knew, okay, this is the one. This is the one you've been saving me for. Went so, to- so you came under conviction, right? Mm-hmm. You turned your life to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And with all the different things that we're exposing, kind of drawing you, after you made that decision that you wanted to surrender and follow Jesus, next thought was, I need to go and see the Holy Land. Yes, I started going to church. I found this sweet little church around the corner from my house and I was involved and I would just I just all of a sudden I had a hunger for the word I remember taking my mother's bible down off the shelf and starting to read and really getting into it and I just the connection with Israel I just look back as something that the Lord used to draw me even you know deeper because when I went to Israel I was I felt like I was at home (laughs) I didn't want to come back home because I had no one to come home to. But I had gone with Dr. Falwell and the young people, the Corral win. And they insisted, they just talked of nothing except me coming to college. And I had no idea. But when I came home from Israel, I was working at IBM and I went and told the folks, listen, I'm sorry, I have to quit because I'm going to college. 
And they said, you don't have to quit, for heaven's sakes. We love our people to, you know, further their education. So the Lord used them to get me through college. I went to went away to school, came back every summer and worked. Amen. And I was just, uh, just all I wanted was to get into the Word. And I've just been that way ever since. Some One of the first books somebody put in my hand, I remember was by Paul Little. And it says, Know What You Believe. And uh, I think that's just been my desire. Well, it is. It is obviously stuck. Mm, <laughs> you know? It has. I love 40, theology. I love yeah, to study. Forty plus years later, you're still just exactly. listening to sermons and uh, chewing up the Word of God and you know mm-hmm. meditating on it and loving loving books and, and great theology. Uh, well, how did you uh, meet Gary? I, it was really funny. I had been. To, I went to Liberty. In 75. He came in 76. And um, as I said, first of all, I wanted nothing to do with men because they were always my downfall. I just wanted to serve the Lord, maybe have a women's ministry. Um, and that first year, I just got into it so beautifully. But of course, we were, when Gary came the next year and me being single, there were just people always trying to play, you know, cupids. Yeah. And I wanted nothing to do with it, I guess. So I wouldn't, I was kind of. Not whatever. But anyway, eventually, the Lord in his grace sent Gary to Mexico on his spring uh, on a mission trip at spring break. I went back home, and the Lord just, during that week, just totally cleaned me out of everything mm. that I had left behind. Maybe thoughts of, of another guy or things that were going, just and when I came back, when we came back to, after spring break, it's it's the joke with Gary and I because he had always tried to make a connection with me and I had always walked in the opposite <laughs> direction. And all of a sudden, that first chapel service after spring break, I found myself walking to him. And it was just um, <clears throat> meant to be. Amen. Amen. How long, have you been, how long have you been married now? It will be 42, I think. 77? <laughs> okay. 1977. Okay. So um you uh, were at Liberty together and then you had uh kind of went kind of full steam into the past uh, pastoral ministry. Uh once you could tell a little bit about your experience and you know you from your perspective. I know we've heard Gary's perspective on his experience as a pastor, but as a pastor's wife, what did you see and witness during those those years of ministry? Well, he's always been a vi- bivocational um pastor and we've always had little ministries and it's always been sweet i've learned a lot that's for sure but um we just always seem to have some of the sweetest people who were very caring and um also had a desire to learn the word so uh i remember when uh, daniel was to be born and all we ever talked about was a daniel and the little ladies would come up to me and say, oh, isn't he going to be disappointed when it's a little girl? And I would say, but it's not going to be a little girl. We're, we're praying for it. We had done a Bible study on Daniel. And so he, he was the answer to that. And um, it was we had been at this first little church about two years. Gary was a fifth grade teacher uh, in the next town at a Christian school. And... Um, we eventually, that pastor wanted to retire, and they approached Gary about coming up and 
being the pastor and teaching. Yeah. So those were the two churches in New York State that were very sweet. Yeah, and then he moved on down to uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina, back, back home. Right. The intention, the reason was to take care of his mom, who was, you know, becoming, uh, I guess she was in her 80s by now. And uh, that had some twists and turns, because at first we were going to live with her and add on to her house, and then we realized that um, she we, we had two little boys. Yeah. And I know I constantly was saying, shh, boys, be quiet. <laughs> And that's, that wasn't right. We had to find a place of our own. So I said, Gary, you have to decide if we're staying here or if we're going back to New York because that thought had occurred to him. But we stayed. Okay, so a brief stint in Georgia. Yes, after we were here for a while at Sylvia's Circle. Yep. Then... Um, Which is a, is a crazy story. It is you know, awesome, isn't know, it? Crazy. He was there preaching and Daniel was baptized. Was David baptized there too or just uh, Daniel? No. David was David baptized at fellowship. fellowship. He was recently, exactly. that's right. Um, and, you know, now that story, that, that church comes back full circle as part of the, the park story. Really? Uh, really, really, really sweet. Um, so here at Sylvia Circle and then going down to Georgia and as a church plant. My sister in, lived in Tallahassee and was always trying to make things happen as far as us living near one another. And she knew of some people. Actually, it was Cairo, Georgia, just over the line. And... Um, they called Gary to come down and uh, talk a few times, and they agreed on some issues. And so I remember the day that we left him there, and me and the boys drove home to Rock Hill, and I cried all the way. And I don't know why. I mean, we look back now. I, I just didn't have the peace yeah. about it. And um, it it didn't work as he thought it would. Yeah, yeah. So we decided. Well, then the Lord called you called you back, and you landed at a Fellowship Baptist Church, mm -hmm. and you were there for 22 years. Mm -hmm. Any kind of highlights during that season of ministry? That was off, always, uh, for the most part, sweet, too. And I don't think we were ever considering it to be long-term. There were some issues going on at that church, and Mike O'Dell asked Gary if he'd just come out and maybe supply for a while. And eventually... It just led, you know, yeah. one week into the next. Yeah. And, you know, it was, um, it wasn't, and what can I say, a fast growing, but the people were just content, I guess, yeah. maybe being the way they were as far as not being driven to grow too much. Yeah, well, everyone I've, I've met who's come out of that ministry mm -hmm. uh, loves their word um, and, and knows it well. So, you know, obviously, know much much word was taught in those twenty two years. It was. Um, well, I know that it, it had have been a difficult season for you, uh, being um, a pastor's wife for forty years, and then to to take fellowship and kind of merge over here to Park Baptist Church. Tell me a little bit about your experience during that that merger process. It was, and it was a shock to me at first. I think. But we all, you know, see the handwriting on the wall and, and you want the Lord to be using you however he chooses. Um, and if it's time to move on and time for a different, and I just took my lead from Gary as yeah. usual. Um, it's always, it's always been um, quite easy to follow him and support him. We've never, 
I think getting saved at the same time, growing in the Lord the way we did together. Um, I know his heart and I know his desire to uh, be a guardian of the truth and to just serve the Lord wherever the Lord guides. So, mm-hmm. Well, I know that from, from my standpoint as a pastor, uh, that merger is really one of the, 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 the stories of Park Baptist Church. And, you know, things were kind of tight for us and we weren't sure, okay, are we going to really turn the corner here or are we going to go, go back down the hill? Right. And uh, that merger really kind of really codified a lot of strength, you know, um, made sure that, you know, the, all our gaps that we had in the life of the church were kind of met with that, that merger, you mm-hmm. know, and we kind of laugh now when we think about, you know, the 12 folks who kind of came over, not an abundance of number, but it was the, the exact 12 that we needed, that you, needed. you know, for to make this church work. Um, well, it's been a little over two and a half years now, you know, since you've been here at Park Baptist Church. And, you know, how has God used uh, Park Baptist Church to help you uh, in your walk with the Lord? Oh, in so many ways. It's like I say, the young people, I just marvel at the, uh, the large group of college kids that you have. And I think because that's, that was my weak point, that was my vulnerable, you know, Achilles heel. Yeah. And slowed up my growth, but God's in control. I've had a wonderful life, and I can't think of a better way to serve Him in yeah. my remaining days. However many days He gives me to be involved here, the the ladies have been sweet. Everybody's been so welcoming. Yeah. Just like everyone says, this is a very friendly church. It's a friendly place. It and, is, and uh, that friendliness has been um, shown, obviously, by you and. How you are so quick to open your arms to people in your son, in, in the Sunday school class. You just keep on pulling them in and having meals together. And, you know, uh, there seems, there seems to be a sweet group forming in that. Uh, well, class. I think the overriding thing is the spirit of God. I've mm. been at, I've been at places. Um, when I first walked into uh, Thomas road Baptist church in Lytton, you know, Lynchburg, there is, there's just an overwhelming peace and calm when you know the spirit is there and when you, you know, share the Holy spirit with one another, that's what draws you together and binds, binds your hearts. Amen. Sure. Um, well, uh, let me, let me ask you a little bit more about, uh, about Israel, right? So you've always had this passion, even like when you first came to to faith, Mm -hmm. Israel and the Jewish people, why do you think that is, or how has God used that in your life to kind of help reveal himself to you? I think I know very well when I was a young girl. I remember being in the uh, living room of our home, and my mother and I were watching. I don't know why it would have been. When I look back and think, it wasn't that long after the war ended. But we were watching films of the Holocaust mm. and the discovery of you know, Auschwitz and mm. some of the death camps. And I remember my father coming into the room and kind of being concerned and saying, Dorothy, that was her name, and he said, do you think she should be watching this? She's 10 or 12. And she said, oh, yes, you know, we can't let this not be known. We can't let this die. We have to continue. And I think that planted something in my heart because I've always been drawn, as ignorant as I was in high school, there were two jo- Jewish boys in my class. And I used to get in devastating discussions with them. Well, Jesus was a Jew. How come you don't, you know, that was just my ignorant way. But I've always been drawn. And uh, 
I just love the people of, of God, and they are, and we're grafted in, so yeah. Yeah, we're, we we're, should be so thankful. Yeah, amen, 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 and amen. Exactly. Um, well, how um, uh, is there anything specific going on in your life that we could be praying for you about? My life is beautiful. The Lord has taken such good care of me and Gary and our, our family. I, uh, I remember when I was a little girl, my grandma gave me the Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 verse. You know, it's one. a standard, but boy, it's you can't get away from it. And you pass it on to your children, and you pass it on to people that you know. But you have to trust him, and you have to walk with him. And that uh, Gary and I often talk about the fact that we want to end well. We didn't start terribly well, yeah. but the Lord you know, rescued us and just has done a mighty work in our lives and continues to. So yeah. we just want to, once I got to college, it was Galatians 2.20. Yeah. Crucified with Christ, but nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. That's, that's the best. Amen. Mm -hmm. Let me pray for you. Amen. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much um, uh, for Hope Huddleston. We thank you for the grace that you showed her and opened her eyes for the truth of the gospel. God, we thank you that you have made her and Gary um, guardians uh, of truth. We thank you so much for their love of the Word of God and theology and uh, your Word um, spoken and lived rightly. God, I pray that you would help her um, finish strong. We thank you so much for the light that she is in, at Park Baptist Church and the joy that she shows in her love for you and her love for others, we pray, God, that you would continue to uh, enrich our congregation with more and more of her joy. And, God, we pray that you would allow her to use um, all her days uh, for your glory. Help her finish well for your glory so that when one day, Lord, she will receive the crown of righteousness um, for those who love you. Lord, we, we pray all this in Jesus' name. <laughs>